I'm Daniel. And I'm Amanda. And you're listening to Scenes from a Marriage, a film and entertainment podcast in which we, as a married couple, watch horror movies and Just talk about one. them. <laughs> Spooky season has officially arrived, and I can tell that because I'm sitting at the dining room table under some witches' hats that are dangling above my head and a some- A candelabra with little witch, I mean, ghost faces- one of which is quite uh, yeah, precarious. I, I, I might should have done a better job. Add. It's hard to do. There's these a things. there's a skeleton in our chair, and there's pumpkins, and so it, the, it, it's your time, Amanda. This, this is, is my time. October your, your favorite is favorite time of year. I am October. We we just came in from having a fire. It was really nice. It's fifty six degrees outside. Put our child in a pumpkin yesterday. She hated it. So I guess it's just the season that has arrived for us to watch some spooky movies. And it's about the least original thing that we could do. But it's not because, at least from my perspective, it's not because I feel like I have to watch horror movies in the month of October. It's more like I get to watch horror movies in the month of October. Yeah, that's true. And I get to avoid (laughs) <laughs> seeing the movies that you're watching because I hate <laughs> scary movies. But, well, I guess that's as good a place to start as any because you brought this particular episode upon yourself. Mm-hmm. I did. I did this. Why, why don't you tell us about that? Um. Well, I love Halloween, but it's just a silly thing that I do not like scary movies. And I thought, hey, here's an idea. Daniel loves scary movies. He would love it if I... Um, decided that maybe I would be down to watch one. We also thought it would be fun to get some of our listeners in on the action and mm-hmm. help figure out what we were going to do. If if uh, if you were going to use you know this opportunity, if we had the, if we had the capital to get you to watch just one horror movie, then which one was it going to be? So that's you put that out on Instagram, right? And, you got and a lot of some you- good suggestions do not like me and you suggested the conjuring and the strangers and scary things. So, well, of course they were going to suggest scary things, but here's the, I mean, you haven't seen it. Yeah, but like be kind. (laughs) (laughs) Please rewind. Some some people chose like the fog and some, yeah, that actually I would watch that one. Like psycho, which I mean, psycho is a great movie, but I I think the, uh, the edge has been dulled a little bit. However many, uh, 70 years on the knife has been dulled. But you, you have, uh, you, you, uh, you conceded to do the, to do this, this, not the first horror movie that we've done on the show. We did Mothman Prophecies way back in the day. Oh yeah, but that, that wasn't, that wasn't scary. Was it? I don't think so. It was a little spooky, yeah, but. You didn't think it was, it was too scary. And, uh, I, I won't, I won't, uh, I won't give away what you thought of this one yet, oh, yes. but. But so, I appreciate you guys, um, giving all of your suggestions. So thank you for the engagement. 
So we're listening and we are trying to do what we can for the for the fans. Mm-hmm. And I'm so, even tempted to maybe watch another one. Ah, oh, we probably uh, okay. Done. Well, no, I, I don't know. There's a uh, well. Okay, so thrilling so, is thrilling, right? Which to you used to be a dirty word. Whenever I would say something was a thriller, that's like you would like, refuse, <laughs> yeah, refuse to watch it. Do you remember this was not, because, not yeah? Because I used to be like, "What's a thriller?" And I would ask like basically every single time. And no, then, I just wouldn't listen to what she said, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, so we, we had a bunch of suggestions, and there were a couple that were given to us more than once, and so mm-hmm. we took those, and we made them into a poll, and The Shining won. So that's what we're talking about, and fired it up on Max. So if you have HBO Max, now just called Max, uh, it is available there to watch. Also, probably on a half dozen different versions of DVDs and Blu-rays, as it is a... Uh, a popular a popular film. So we do want to talk about this and just give you the basics. Should we should we watch the trailer first and just be reminded of what we watched? Yeah, sure. I don't suppose they uh, told you anything in Denver about the tragedy we had up here during the winter of 1970. I heard a man named Charles Grady is the winter caretaker. From what I've been told, I mean, he seemed like a completely normal individual. But at some point... During the winter, he must have suffered some kind of a complete mental breakdown. He ran amok and uh, killed his family with an axe. Well, you can rest assured, Mr. Ullman, that's not going to happen with me. (laughs) That's right. Mom, they really won't go and live in that hotel for the winter. Sure I do. It'll be lots of fun. The only thing that can get a bit trying up here during the winter is uh, the tremendous sense of isolation. Is there something bad here? I fear you will have to deal with this matter in the harshest possible way. I do die. I killed you with Danny. You did this to me. Didn't you? I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains. Well, I hope that wasn't the official trailer because that gave away a lot. Yeah, that was like that was like all the thrilling <laughs> scenes. <laughs> thrilling segments yeah. of, the, of the movie. So, okay, let me just, uh, we'll set the stage and there, there can't be anybody listening to this who doesn't at least have some familiarity with The Shining because it's one of the most popular horror movies I've already of all time. It, so we won't give it away. I was one of the people who haven't seen it. Yeah, and we will, I think, let's just say, it's safe to say, this is going to be a spoiler podcast. Yeah. Most people have probably seen the movie. If you haven't, you probably are at least aware of whether you would want to or not. So I think uh, let's just get into it and not worry about plot details. So okay. uh, just, just uh, if you're listening to this, understand this is The Shining, 1980, Stanley Kubrick directed, starring Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, uh, a, a pedigree of, of acting performances and just talent in general behind the camera that I think people don't really associate with horror movies as much because they tend to be kind of overlooked or thought of as shabby or kind of, you know, exploitative and all these different things. Um, but I think it's, I think it's easy when you're watching this to see why uh, people are so kind of bullish on it. So we'll, let's just get into it. Uh, Amanda, w- uh, maybe we should start by uh, you laying out what happens in the movie. You want this me is, to explain let's, the plot? Amanda explains the plot. All right, let's see. So this movie is about 
a really old hotel that needs to be taken care of by somebody for some reason because it just does. So there is a family who goes and... Closes in the winter. You Oh, it closes in the winter. Yeah. But, okay. He doesn't even do anything. We don't see him <laughs> take care of the hotel at all. Anyway, he goes to write um, a book or something. And his family is just hanging out there with him. So it's just the three of them. And apparently bad things happen there, specifically a family like themselves. Um, do I do I just give this all away? There's I, there's some ghost I think, stories. I think whatever, whatever your answer to the question, what happens in the movie would be. Anyway, so... There was a family that was murdered there by the husband who went crazy. And then, um, so they go into this place. And then basically the movie is about them spending a lot of time there and the dad going crazy and them dealing with his mess. Yeah, I mean, that's that's more, <laughs> that's or, less, well, yeah. that's more or less, right? The, uh, a guy goes crazy in a hotel that's it. That was a, that was great. This is a, a perfect summary. Okay, so this is a this is a movie that a lot of people have seen. You haven't. You're coming to it for the first time. Mm-hmm. What was your first impression of it? And was it anything like what you expected? Well, okay. So I thought that I'd seen some of it before, but I think I had. I think I maybe. Maybe I saw the trailer and I thought I saw the movie. <laughs> just kidding. No, but... Um, well, you know what? I just watched that trailer and I think I saw the movie again. <laughs> I think we did too. I've seen it twice now. Um, so anyway, I I know like certain things from the movie, like Red Rum and the girls, like seeing the girls there or whatever. Um, and that he... Actually, I don't think I knew that... I mean, I guess I knew he went crazy, but I didn't really know the main plot of it. I just knew the, you know, the popular things. And what, um, like, here's Johnny? Yeah, here's Johnny. Because, I mean, I quote that sometimes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I've quoted a lot of things from this movie. I've re- and I also um, have laughed at a lot of the memes that were created from the movie. Um, what are some of the memes? The The frozen face. Yeah. The here's Johnny, I think. I think there's another one, but I can't remember. Oh, was it him at the bar? Or no? I don't know. I don't know. I just I didn't know which ones you were. You mentioned the one. When I was watching it, I was like, that's a meme. Um, (laughs) Which is funny. But anyway. Is it all work and no play? Is that one or no? Is that just something that's bled into the cultural consciousness? There's at least two of them where it like zooms in on his face. Actually, I think it's the one where it does zoom in on his face. There's one where he watches them going out into the maze. That's the one. From inside the the (laughs) ballroom with the windows. And he's just like. Yeah, that's it's that one and then the frozen face at the yeah, end. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Nicholson my, makes some real faces in this. He does. He's got crazy eyes and eyebrows in the, the teeth. eyebrows are so pointy. It's the weird eyebrows. Oh my gosh, he's got crazy eyes. Anyway, um, I so I knew some things about it, but then I was kind of surprised that I um, I don't know. I was very engaged in the movie. Like I wasn't bored, even though it was really yeah. slow. Like it was a slow build. Um, it is slow and it's really long for a horror movie. It's, uh, two hours and 24 minutes. Yeah. 
I was just like on the U.S. cut, and I actually thought because it is really engaging, right? Mm-hmm. And we were watching it this time, and this is probably my maybe third or fourth time seeing it, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know what? It's a little slow. Like I could, I feel like I could cut ten or fifteen minutes out of it. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. No, yeah, but I mean, but I had. And I don't know if it was just because, well, okay, it did feel suspenseful. And there were um, times where I could feel like chills. And I was, I was like pretty tense. And I was, yeah, I was feeling some goosebumps. And it was really warm in here. Like I had to turn the fan on. <laughs> but I also had a fluffy blanket on me because I was like nervy. How much did the, that, those feelings of, of chills or anticipation have to do with the relentless amount of suspenseful music that plays. It was the, the music. It got me from the very beginning. Yeah, it was it was very creepy. I was like, why do you have to start the movie with this music? And then it gets pretty loud and it gets very screechy. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a main thing. And then also like, oh like don't go in room two thirty seven. Mm. I was like, oh no, what's gonna be in two thirty seven? So I was just like my body was like preparing for it. So Yeah. So I mean I think one of the key questions in everyone's mind is, were you scared? I don't know if, I don't know if I would say scared. What I, what's the definition of scared? No, I was. Do, do you want me to look it up? <laughs> yeah, look it up. Look up the definition of scared. A word that most of us use in everyday conversation. <laughs> I mean, I was nervous and tense. Like, okay, I was, I was I was scared leading up to it. But okay, after watching the movie though. Having fear, afraid, frightened. (laughs) I'm glad you cleared that up for me. (laughs) I love what I do define and they're just like, they just use a a part of the word. (laughs) It's basically like you just. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, after watching the movie, I was like, oh, that wasn't scary. Okay, but yes, watching it, I was was a little fearful. You're a little tensed up. I was tensed, yes. I was tensed up. But not as much as some that you've seen. Right. Yeah. Like where would where would you put this in uh in fright level compared to like it? Oh yeah. Less. Way, way less. Way, way. Way less. Where would you put it <laughs> uh in regard oh uh, in comparison to the rental that we watched with Allison Brie? Oh yeah, that one was it was less scary. Which one was less scary? The shining. Okay. You know why? Because I would never go. Oh, because you didn't say, you didn't say afterwards that you had trouble sleeping or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. So the great thing is I woke up this morning and I was like, I didn't have any nightmares. This was great. I, yeah. I could sleep. And you know why? It's probably because I would never go be a caretaker in Colorado with my family. Whereas on the other hand, I would rent, I would go, you would go to Derry and be a child attacked by a a demon clown. I mean, we do, there's a balloon in the sewer down the street. Yeah. We have some, some neighbors that are decorating for Halloween and they have the balloon coming out of the sewer. I'm proud of them, but I don't like that. It's creepy. Anyway, no, but it is true. It is an avoidable situation. Well, okay. So the rental, it feels like that like could happen. Sure. But going back to what you were saying, the you would never go be a caretaker at a hotel. Right. But you would be a the wife of a husband and <gasps> the mother of a child. I which, am right now, actually. You are. Yeah. Which I think, if we want to get into some of the themes, is 
really what the movie is about. Okay. Don't you think? I mean, sure, there are there are ghostly happenings in a hotel, but uh, it's more about the family. Well, I mean, I think I think the key the key like like line of terror is about well, first of all, Jack's madness and how mm-hmm. that affects his family. Right. Right? Yeah, cuz it's like it's something that you can't control. You can't control how someone else is going to be affected and because she, she wasn't crazy. She was just there trying to be a good wife. And he just wanted to bash her brains in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so let's get into some of that. So as far as the, the themes of the movie, like what do, you, what do you think it was about? I mean, I think, and I know we talked about how this was a Stephen, or is a Stephen King book, and you said. And nobody knows what we talked about, so we can retread that conversation. Oh, okay. Well, how you were saying it was about alcoholism, right? It's definitely it's definitely a factor, and I think it was more of a factor in King's novel, okay. which, I, to, which to be fair, I have not read. So if you're out there and you've read The Shining, the book, then you can let us know, you know how far off we are on this. But I understood that was more of a component in the novel than it ended up being in Kubrick's film. It didn't super feel like that in the movie. I mean, in the beginning it did because of the whole incident with him like hurting his son. Yeah. Um, but it was more about isolation, I think, and just like how you can be like driven crazy with your thoughts. But I also wonder like, would he have been like that if he didn't hear the story about the um, husband that was driven mad? I mean, so I think he was probably. primed by yeah, the th- property owner or whoever it was to, to go down that path. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, if it was haunted, which I guess it seemed, well, it did seem like it because there was the, the butler or other character caretaker character that was like, you need to kill your family. Cause right, right. this is what you've been born to do basically. And if you don't, I'll be very disappointed in you. Um, which the worst also it was funny when he was in the bathroom and he was doing that. He was like, you're the one who killed his family. And he was like shocked about it. And then it was like quickly, Oh, this is your job to do this. He's like, okay, cool. Yeah, I got this. Yeah, there's there's a lot to unpack because there's a lot of things that happen and there's a lot of kind of symbols and things that could be reality or could be yeah. you know, could be a ghost or could be in somebody's mind or a Sorry, you know, I just a, got off off the topic of I don't even know where we were. We were just talking about the what themes. the what the theme, yeah, what yeah. the themes, uh, of the movie are. So you said isolation, isolation. obviously is one and alcoholism, mm-hmm. a substance abuse, strange then, relationships maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that comes out of, but he, he had a bad relationship with his, probably actually both of them from the beginning. Like he, I don't think ever really liked his son. He absolutely did not act like it. Like yeah. Driving up there. He just seemed like the kid was annoying, but you know what? That little boy wasn't even annoying. Like he didn't even. No, there are many worse kids in horror <laughs> yeah. movies in terms of being annoying. I mean, the most annoying thing about him was what the the <laughs> imaginary friend, yeah, with the voice, yeah, with the voice. What was his name? Oh, what was his name? I forgot. Was it doesn't like Tommy or something? Was it or is it? I thought there was a I thought it was a T name. Tony. Tony, that's right. It's Tony. The yeah, tiger. Tony, mm-hmm. the imaginary friend who lives in his mouth. <laughs> in his mouth and retreats to his stomach so yep. no one can see him. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. But no, you're absolutely right. And I think this is one of the criticisms that both Stephen King had of the movie and that frankly I had to it when I first saw it, mm-hmm. which is that you don't really have a portrait 
of Jack as a regular dude who mm-hmm. then is coerced in a way by the goings on at the hotel or the powers that be into losing his mind and becoming this, you know, uh, a drunk or abuser or whatever it might be while ultimately becoming a, a murderer on a rampage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you don't have that, the spectrum. You only have like the last half of that spectrum because by the time we meet Jack, he's already a jerk. Yeah, and he yeah, already yeah. doesn't seem like he cares about his family. No. There is at least one confirmed abusive inc- incident in the past. Mm-hmm. And you could read Danny's condition as a trauma response to the things that he's been through from his father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what you, it's interesting that, but, but so that's, but he has the shining, so it's not trauma. It's the shining. <laughs> Perhaps it's special. Perhaps. But anyway, so you get, but, but you get a, a Jack Nicholson who's kind of nuts already. Mm-hmm. And like, he's, you know, he seems like a sleazeball and he only gets <laughs> yeah. more nuts and more sleazy as he goes on. <laughs> But so, you know, so that, that's a choice. like a squirrel. He just got to get nuts. (laughs) (laughs) You want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, he, he's mad. Also, what was his job in like before? Tables. (laughs) (laughs) Just tables. Listen, it's just a regular job that the creators of this made up for this. (laughs) I can't even do that quote. Okay. Um, Okay. So, well, I mean, his job right now is taking care of the hotel, right? And then What was it before? Why did they recommend him? Like, I don't... Well, it sounds like he didn't really have anything good to do other than that. Because he he tells her later... Clearly, he he wasn't a great writer. (laughs) Well, I think that's very possible. Like, I think, you know, he's saying, oh, I'm going to write my novel or or his project. I don't don't even think he says it's a novel, but he's, he's working on something. Yeah. And... Right at one point, he says, "You know, what are like? What's the alternative? Can she she, she wants to take Danny out of there to go to a doctor?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "What am I going to go back to like like shoveling driveways or uh, like?" It sounds like he has no uh, actual like prospects or skills. He said he was an educator, but he's clearly not a teacher anymore. Yeah. So like, this is kind of I think it's like the only thing he could get was okay. this hotel job. Gotcha. Okay. Seems to be the case anyway. So we have that, and we have domestic abuse, and then we have this the supernatural portion of the story mm-hmm. the where Danny and Halloran are interacting with each other and with the hotel. And there's of course things that again, seem to be impossible that reveal themselves to various characters at, at various points. And then there's the kind of rug pull of an ending that makes you reevaluate some of the things that you've seen. What rug pull? Well, you know, the very end where they zoom in on the on the photograph on the wall. Oh, yes, that one. Yes. So I think that, to me, feels like a twist that isn't really... It didn't uh, go along with... Well, I just, you know, I wasn't thinking about anything like that while, yeah, while I was no. watching the film. Mm-hmm. And so when I see it at the end, I'm like, wait a second, what am I supposed to be thinking about this? Even though he, he was... The other guy who murdered his family was like you've been here the whole time or no, he said, I've been here the whole time, but it was always you or something. Do you remember that? Yeah, no, he says to him, uh, well, cause, cause Nicholson says, you know, you've, 
you're the, you were the caretaker. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, you were the caretaker. You've always been the caretaker. And he says, I know because I've always been here. Mm-hmm. So there, there's some language about that. Like even, cause even, uh, even Jack says that to Danny at one point uh, when they're talking, he's like, he I'd like to stay friend. here forever and ever. Right. Which is also what the twins say to right. Danny, come they play with us forever and ever. Yeah. So there's this idea of a hotel maybe being uh, some kind of like trap or limbo. It's like or, Hotel California. Uh, actually, yeah, there's, yeah. There is a bit of that in it. I just thought of this right now. Yeah. Anyway. No, it's, it's a good comparison, actually. Mm. Uh, I'm glad that, I don't actually know when that song came out, but I'm glad that Kubrick didn't, didn't use it. He yeah. Does, he does use the DS Ray though. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh There's no, bit, I was just a little bit of that in the soundtrack. I'm I'm sure it was in there with all the other creepy music. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Did I do the right noise? The, da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah. The, the notes. Yeah, oh, I think the, I do remember that. Okay. Were you scared the first time you watched this movie? I have what gotten. Was, what did you think? I have gotten time? some pushback from people for claiming that The Shining is not that scary. And people have said it is objectively scary, but I think that's kind of a silly thing to say. Uh, I guess because a lot of people have claimed that it is scary. And so really the only way you can kind of make that, uh, make a more general statement about something like that is to ask a lot of people whether they were scared or not. And if a lot of them were, then I guess it's scary. Mm -hmm. But for me, uh, I found it creepy in spots, but not really that unnerving. Mm-hmm. The thing, the the part that actually got me on the first viewing, uh, and it's very late in the in the movie, is the moment when Shelley Duvall is climbing the stairs and she sees a, a strange goings on in a room, oh, and there's yeah. a guy with a mask, and it like zooms in on the mask. I thought that was it was very sudden and very unexpected. Yeah, it doesn't really relate to anything else as far as I can tell, but it's kind of a freak out moment. Yeah, it's creepy in a point where in the when the uh, intensity of the movie is really ramping up. So that got me the first time, mm-hmm. and I think maybe maybe um, the moment when uh, Halloran comes back into the hotel. And there's mm-hmm. that long tracking shot and you just know something's going to happen. We kind of talked about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so there were definitely some, some, some points of, of nervousness, but I think especially seeing it again, you kind of know what's going to happen. So mm-hmm. the, those tense moments aren't as tense. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of the use of like those slow kind of build up shots where you're tracking around corners and things in the hotel and like, you don't know what's going to be around the right. corner. You don't know what's going to happen the when they open on the, the door. Tricycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then, so once, once those surprises are out in the open, then it's kind of like, well, okay. Yeah. Like if I watched it again, I, I mean, I could prepare myself, but then I would lose the, you know, the thrill of the first time watching mm-hmm. it. So. And these things of course are endlessly subjective because different things scare different people. Mm-hmm. Like the movie that we've watched in the last week that I was afraid I was going to have nightmares about was the incredible shrinking man because the really? the half, the, the second half of that movie is filled oh. with a giant spider. I'm more of an arachnophobe than I am yeah. of like, you know, like the idea of, you know, I don't know, going, going out of my head, drinking or like having an abusive spouse or that mm-hmm. sort of thing, you know, just isn't as pertinent to me. Right. So that, that fear doesn't weigh on me the same way. Uh, and so I think that makes a difference as to, you know, there are certain types of movies that are more likely to get under my skin. Yeah. Like if you were to become a little Polly pocket and there's a skeleton, I mean, uh, and there's a spider, um, attacking you. Yeah. See, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> 
Whereas I think I could, you know, even, even shrew like Shelley Duvall could uh, hit Nicholson on the head with a bat and Danny outsmarts him in a hedge mage. So yeah, he, like, yeah, that's true. There's yeah. So th- that whole scenario. See, I was, I thought that, which I'm glad I, I didn't know all the things about the movie, but I thought that he was gonna actually hurt them and he never actually did. So that's good that there wasn't any, Yeah, there wasn't any like, um, gore, which I'm actually fine with gore. Like, blood. I was gonna say that doesn't seem to be the thing that bothers you the yeah, most. Yeah, blood, and I don't really know what scares me the most. I guess it's like, well, I say things that if it could happen, if it could happen in real life, but then you said a killer. Think about the client. I always bring that back up. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, well, there's real people in it, there's real boys. I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, there is just. I don't know, suspenseful things and I don't know, things that happen in homes. That's what I've told you before. Like it feels like it could happen if it's in a home, but then there's like every movie. Well, not every movie happens um, in a space that is like a home. So sure. I mean, some home happen in hotels. That's true. Okay. Um, I mean, I thought the, again, I thought the girls were kind of creepy, the the twins. Yeah. And that was really creepy. the only kind of violent imagery in the movie was, you know, seeing visions of them. What having, about the old lady died. in the bathtub? Yeah. I mean, so that's like. That's kind of random. Like, why did they, what? Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a sense there. I mean, you, you I think you can read different things into why that scene's in the movie. Was that supposed to be like the wife that he killed or no? You know, I wondered that on this viewing. I I hadn't thought about that before. Yeah. Uh, it, the age might have made sense if she was, you know, 25 or something in 1921. Yeah, like By maybe, 1980, she would have been an old woman. But then it said, like, he killed them all with an axe. So, right. I don't know. I think it's that's probably a little bit more of a non sequitur. But I think you can read that as a few different things. Potentially the, like, beautiful things in the hotel having an ugly side. Uh, okay. Or... I mean, I think you can read it as like fear of just fear of mortality or, mm-hmm. you know, um, a, a rebuke perhaps to, you know, a particular temptation mm-hmm. that he's having. Like, cause he's, uh, this is, I think there's different ways to read that, uh, that scene. Okay. Yeah. I was just, I was like, was it the Besides just being like a regular gross out kind of scene. Yeah. I mean, it was whatever. I was like, I work with old patients. So like. <laughs> well, it's like she wasn't just old though. I mean, she was actively I decaying. I know she was. Yeah. 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 That didn't bother me. That I mean, not it didn't bother. It was just like kind of like okay, that's random. Like mm-hmm. okay, anyway. Right. So, uh, what, what was your take on the performances uh, in the movie? Did you find did you find them compelling, believable, entertaining? I mean, I thought I thought that Danny did a good job. The little boy. Yeah, little he, did, boy. he does a great job. He, He's asked to do a lot in that. Movie. Yeah, I want to know if he like was creeped out. Like, how did this affect him later on? I don't know. It'd be interesting. I don't actually know what happened to that actor. Yeah, because I know I was looking up their ages, and he's what fifty now. Because um, Jack Nicholson is like eighty, eighty-seven. Is that right? I don't know. Um, Interestingly, uh, Danny Lloyd, who plays Danny, mm-hmm. has only three credits on IMDb. I did see that he like stopped acting, but I didn't see why he stopped acting. So, 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he did a something. He did a TV movie two years later, and then didn't do anything for thirty years or something. He probably got messed up from that. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. It was uh, a famously difficult shoot. Um, Kubrick was hard to work with, mm. and is very exacting. And he would do take after take after take. Sometimes a hundred takes of something that might seem mundane. Uh, it, it's there's a, there's a lot of information out there about. The Shining, because this is one of those movies that has attracted an intense amount of um, uh, study and mm-hmm. you know, criticism. Uh, uh, it's, I think, because in part because of some of the unanswered questions and the paradoxes, seemingly, and the and the ambiguity, uh, added to the fact that Kubrick is this kind of mystic figure who, you know, again was so exacting and so kind of precise with everything that he did. Uh, it's kind of it's attracted a lot of attention and a lot of like conspiracy theories and things have been, you know, things have been written about it. It's just been, uh, it's been gone over and over again. So there's, I feel like there's not much that you could, we could say about it that hasn't been said, but um, Duvall, especially um, who played Wendy mm-hmm. um, was, you know, not treated very well by Kubrick on the oh, set. Really? And, you know, I, know. I think some of, uh, in order to try to get her into the maybe hysterical state that she's supposed to be in, and some of the scenes like, you know, did, Anyway, that's, there's there's a lot of information out there about that as well that you can look up, but uh, which is unfortunate. Did he like? Did he like beat her? No, 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 nothing like that. But I'm, but I mean, just like uh, again, having her do lots of takes and maybe sometimes like mm-hmm. like not like, like talking bad to her or favoring other the actors over her or that so sort of that thing. she would be like that or maybe to try just to get because, okay. in, yeah to to get what he wanted I guess out of it. Wow. That's but funny. I, you know, it's funny because I was watching it this time. I, sorry, I, I, you, I was asking you the no, questions no, no, about I the performance, and I started yeah. saying this. But uh, I actually came away with this thinking, you know, because because Nicholson's the big star, right? He's one. He was one of the mm-hmm. most famous actors on the planet, and this is one of his enduring roles. So you're like, you go into it thinking, oh, it's Nichol- it's the Nicholson show, and he has the sh- a showy role in it too. Right, he has to do a lot of mm-hmm. kind of a very very big acting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I came away thinking, wow. Like Shelley Duvall is the star of this movie. Mm. Like she's really the one that uh, is, you know, she has to react to everything. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. The she's in this this kind of boiler with all this crazy stuff going on, and Danny has the information where he can see, you know, things, and he's getting information from you know, the spirit wheel world mm-hmm. or from his own mind or whatever you take it to be. And then Jack, you know, is slowly going crazy out here, and she's the one who just has to kind of try to hold everything together. It's right. like, it's almost like all of this stuff is happening to her. Um, and I was, I was pretty impressed how she was kind of the center of that. Yeah. And actually like Jack Nicholson, I mean, not to say, Oh, it would be easy to be like that. But like, if you, if you have to just be like crazy the whole time. Okay. Not, it I'm seems not, easier, doesn't it? it? It really does. Cause like, yeah, like you could, you could just hold that role and just be, you know, kind of a psycho, whatever. But, and then even Danny, you can just be a creepy little boy. I mean, no, but he, I am impressed by him though. He does to be, to yeah. be a child. Like I don't child know. performances are already like difficult. They're, yeah. they're rarely ever good. And I think his is, I don't know how old he was. Um, when it was filmed, wait, 1980. So if he's 50, I'm bad at math. Well, we should be able to look up his birth date. Yeah. Uh, born 1972. So he would have only been eight years old. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, that's 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 uh that's something. Anyway, that was I thought I thought he did a great job. And yeah, that's she uh Shelly did a great job too. What did what did you think about the performances? I mean, you told me about um 
I mean, they're they're obviously they're obviously really good, but they're they're very stylized mm-hmm. and they're very they're very big. Like nothing, there's there's nothing in this movie that is what you would call naturalistic. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't try either in the filmmaking or in the performances. To, I think I don't think to really make you believe these people as people per se. Right. Like yeah. again, Nicholson's kind of a cartoon, which is interesting because there are also a number of cartoons and cartoon references in the film. Uh, in various points, Danny is watching Roadrunner Doc. or Doc. Yeah, uh-huh. mm-hmm. uh, and, and so there. This, but this this starts you down the rabbit hole of going into conspiracy theories and like things that, like you know, was Kubrick intentionally trying to make a cartoon because he was lampooning the whole idea of horror movies that he didn't really take seriously, mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. Um, I don't know how. It, again, there, there's a there's a whole like there's a whole like not just rabbit hole, there's a whole series of rabbit tunnels you can go into about uh, people, the way people have broken this down. But um, it, it is interesting that it's such a big performance. And I think that to me, again, is part of the reason why it's not as terrifying because it doesn't ever seem like he's a real person. Yeah, he's just like, kind of like just a maniac. And like, he never seems real. Like, Right, which is why I admire... Shelley Duvall's performance because I feel like even in the midst of all that heightened stuff, she's still showing uh, in places the like something that is identifiable as a a worried mom or a battered partner. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. And I really like the Scatman Crothers performance as well. Is that the he, Halloran? Yeah, he he was good. <laughs> the scene of him at his house. <laughs> There's, uh, there's, a, that's the, the thing too. I think there's, there's some well-placed humor in this mm-hmm. and it's not really played as humor, but it, it gets a laugh from me anyway. Like the one in the car when he said he watched it on television. I do love that line where he's like, he <laughs> saw it on the television. But also when they use, when they use Tuesday as a jump scare, like it builds up and then it's like, you think something's going to happen and it's like, <laughs> boom, and Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday is like, scary. Yeah. I mean, it's not Monday, but hey. Uh, did did the, so, I mean, you know, you're, you and I are parents now. Did that have any effect on your appreciation of the story or your apprehension for, you know, Danny, especially when he's in danger? I thought it would. Cause I know, I knew that there was, you know, a little boy in this and everything. It was about a family, but I don't, I don't think it did just cause I was like, I would, I, don't have any fears that this would happen to our family, you know, like, I mean, I don't know. And it like, like we talked about, it just seemed like they were cartoon, not they were cartoons, but it just didn't. That's seem- because you don't know. I have a friend named Lloyd who serves me uh, bourbon on the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just, it just didn't feel like a real situation. I don't know. It, it like, it didn't seem like, I mean, I know they were in danger, but I don't know. I guess I didn't um, really feel a certain way. Maybe it was also because the boy was eight years old and Eleanor is only one. So I don't know. Like, I can't relate to, like, being frustrated by an eight-year-old or whatever. Sure. Um, yeah. I don't know. What about you? How did you feel? Oh, one thing we haven't mentioned is the, I think, oh, I, I might have mentioned it once, but I didn't go into it, is that it's also partially a, a movie about writer's block. And- you know, the idea that, so you have here uh, a story written by a writer about a writer, uh, Stephen King writing about Jack Torrance mm-hmm. and who, you know, can't figure out what to do with his, with his novel. Uh, I think that there's a, there's a, 
you know, the bit where he snaps at her from coming in mm-hmm. for coming mm-hmm. in and interrupting her. You might like, be able to relate. It's like a it's a um a magnified version, I think, of what some people might feel, you know, trying to like you try to concentrate on something and you just can't do it. You know, and I so, feel like that's basically you when you're in your office. So you take that stuff. out on somebody yeah. and I'm like, hey, look at look at the baby, look at the cat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I gotta tell you this one extra thing. You know? <laughs> it's like just like I have to start over again every time. Yeah. No, uh, no, I mean, yeah, the, the, I mean, I think there's something, there's a little something extra in all these movies that have a, a father child relationship because I, I have, I see that dimension for something that I didn't before mm-hmm. and just, you know, seeing where he should be giving tenderness to his son and instead mm-hmm. he's giving like just off-putting creepiness. Yeah, I was going to say maybe it didn't affect me as much because like the mom was being a good mom the whole mm-hmm. time. So it's more of like the father-son relationship. But also like last night that uh, I I mishandled Eleanor a little bit and she bumped her head into your head and then we had the story about him accidentally pulling his son's arm out of his socket and it just seemed like you know it was just I was like it could have happened to anybody (laughs) he really did he handed me Eleanor while during bedtime and uh her her forehead collided with my nose and it was it was quite a five miserable months on the wagon (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she was fine. All right, now you mentioned, you said, uh, after uh, after watching this, you said, uh, I would per- perhaps even watch another one. So here's my question to you. Would you watch the sequel? There's a sequel? There's a sequel that came out just a couple years ago. It's called Dr. Sleep. And oh, uh, Ewan McGregor plays an, a grown-up Danny Torrance. Interesting. So that's also on Max. I'm just curious. Have you seen it? I have not. Have you heard anything about it's it? It's on my list to watch. Um, Is it scary? <laughs> I assume so. It's Mike Flanagan, who um, it, you may have gotten a few recommendations for his movies from some of our friends. What is what movie? Like I want, I want to say uh, he did the Haunting of Hill House TV series, oh, Gerald's scary. Game, there and was uh, what else Flanagan. He, he was Hush, Oculus. Those are both. Yeah, his. no. If it's. If it's anything like that, now I have to look it up and see. I mean, it's it was done in what year? 2019. It's called Dr. Sleep. Yeah. I might have to sleep on it. <laughs> it's two and a half hours. It's even longer than The Shining. That feels, oh feels ridiculous, goodness. doesn't it? Normally I say no horror movie should be, uh, should be over two hours unless it's The Shining. Shining gets a pass. Midsummer yeah, is not gonna pass. I don't I don't think I could watch it. It looks weird. I'm not super into watching any more scary movies. So one but uh done. yeah, but you know, this you didn't you didn't seem too traumatized by this one. So you're you're you came out of your experience more or less unscathed. Yeah, but I uh But you're not trying to push the envelope now. You haven't got a taste for it. No. I mean, I I kind of wanted to because I woke up and didn't have nightmares, but mm-hmm. I can't say the same about other movies. You can't preemptively say the same is what you mean. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, what, were we going to say which actor we thought um, could replace Jack Nicholson? Oh, I thought that was an interesting question because 
Again, he gives, he, he gives, did you, did you think of it? Uh, think so. so, okay, let me just set this up because, uh, you know, he does give such an over the top performance. And I mm-hmm. was wondering, you know, if there was a contemporary actor, contemporary to the time, I mean, who could have maybe played this role in a, such a way as to give us the impression of a, maybe a more stable kind of guy going crazy and give us more of that range, who, who would maybe be the, oh, who would you maybe replace? I was just like, thinking of somebody who kind of had a crazy face and like Willem Dafoe. Oh yeah, <laughs> see, see, there's there's another like that's a that's a great call actually, but I feel like with Willem Dafoe, it's the same thing. It's like he's already with his son halfway in gone. Spider Man. Oh what? Well, I mean, I feel like I feel like you. I feel like you're gonna. I think mean, it's interesting substitution because I feel like it's so close. Mm-hmm. Like I think if you have uh, if you have Dafoe instead of Nicholson, I wonder how much you're changing. I think I think he you get um, maybe a little bit more serious. Mm-hmm. Like maybe Jack's not as much of a jokester, but I think he's still very, uh, I think he's maybe still a little unsettling from the jump. Do you think? Well, that's why I, I thought you were saying find like somebody who is just like him or like could do just as good, but you, that mean, is really interesting though. That's an interesting pick. I would I didn't think of it, but it makes sense. Cause so I literally sense. looked up like scary looking actors, <laughs> like similar to Jack Nicholson. And then, I saw Willem Dafoe and I was like, oh my gosh, yes. No, I mean, he could have done it. And he was he was working then as well. He's so. got crazy eyes. But um, why could, can you think of somebody who like, are you, you're talking about like, like is a kind father and then. Well, I don't, I don't have a good answer for it. Okay. I didn't, it doesn't even have to be a kind father. Just like somebody who doesn't seem like he's already halfway off the, off his rocker, you know, like, uh, and I read that Harrison Ford was actually considered for this role. Interesting. Which would have been a totally different movie. Yeah. Because, you know, he's so much known as like a good guy. And I feel like he doesn't have that yeah. kind of ornery quality to him that Nicholson has. Mm-hmm. So uh, and I don't think it would have been as good, but that's, that's yeah. an interesting one. I was, but I was trying to think of somebody from the time, like somebody who was playing in movies then, like, uh, I don't know. Anthony uh, Hopkins. Like a Burt Reynolds or a... Um, Actually, I don't know. A, uh, a Gene Hackman or, you know, somebody who was, uh, heck, John Travolta. Um, huh. I mean, I don't, I don't think none of those are the one I would pick. I just, I, I really didn't have an answer for it, but I was curious to kind of ruminate on that question. Yeah. That's who I, that's who I thought of just cause his crazy face. No, I like it. That's a good answer. All right. Do you, is there anything else you want to say about this before we rate it? Wait, I wanted to know, um, I was going to ask you what your favorite genre of scary movies is. Oh, that's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Okay. My favorite genre of scary movie like subgenre of horror, basically. What? Like a subgenre of horror. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know all the categories. Well, okay. So basically, if I'm thinking of subgenres of horror, I'm thinking like, um, you know, uh, I guess go- like what's ghost your movie, go-to? monster movie, okay. um, you know, uh, home invasion thriller. Like these are kind of like types of horror movies. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Or like, like what if you. Well, I guess like, you know, you do your horror movie watches or whatever. Like mm-hmm. what what's something that really intrigues you and you're like, do you watch movies, like scary movies to like get a thrill? Or like why why do you enjoy watching scary movies? Because you do enjoy watching them. Let me give you a little background of this. Okay, because go ahead. at one point I did not enjoy watching scary movies. Really? And I was a big softy when it came to like to scares. Yes. Uh, and I watched a few movies when I was younger that I, that I really 
really kind of messed me up. Like what? Well, not like messed me up, but it just but but made me fearful of watching other types of movies like that. Uh, I saw The Ring when I was in middle school, mm, and mm-hmm. that was that was really scary. I thought, um, and I when I was a, when I was a young man, I saw The Exorcist. Mm, no, thank and you. And that I, I had trouble for like a month after seeing The Exorcist. Like that was just really scary. Uh, but uh, what what I did at one point was I said okay, there's a lot of movies, because I was trying to give myself an education basically in, in film and watch all sorts of old movies and all sorts of classics and foreign films. And I was trying to get, you know, a good kind of base in, uh, you know, in, in film. And so I realized that there were a lot of movies that were that were major titles that I'd never seen that were in the horror genre. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, you know what? I got to catch up on this. I got to figure out what I've been missing. So I I did a a horror marathon way back in like, this was over 10 years ago now that, and I just gathered, you know, a bunch of major unseen titles that I, that I hadn't dipped into and just started going through them. I started watching them. How often did you watch them? Like every night? It was, it was October. I probably watched them maybe either like every night or every other night or, you know, I basically, as, you were basically as quickly, yeah, as quickly as yeah. I could turn them around. Didn't have a child. I had yet. Netflix disc service or oh, like yeah. maybe, mm-hmm. At the time, I might have had uh, just like a video score down the blockbuster. Down the, it wasn't even blockbuster. It was like um, in Nightdale, like video, family video or something. In uh, I think I was in Red House at the time. I was oh, with my oh, okay. Um. So, anyway, so I I I kind of forced myself to uh, watch some of these, not be so much because I wanted to, but because I just felt like I needed to know about them. And then in the and then I did it the next year. And then I started to kind of get, you know, I started to get exposed to it and I started to, you know, appreciate certain things about it. And I think, you know, it be, then it becomes the point where it's like, okay, you know what? I am kind of interested in like the, like the thrill, like what is out there that I haven't, you know, kind of got my head around yet. Mm. Um, so there's, there's, there's a long process to me becoming where I could kind of sit through it. It's because even now some of the stuff at the theater, because it's so loud and like, you know, they'll get you with the jump scares every time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I've I've watched I think some of the scariest movies that you know at least by whatever the popular definition of that term. Like I watched The Conjuring in theaters, and and you know, uh, nothing nothing's got me as bad as The Exorcist. So yeah. after that, I was like, well, you know what? Uh, I don't think anything can get me as bad as that. So yeah. maybe I've had the the worst of it, and now it's just a matter of. Uh, I think the things interesting to me about the horror movies is a the creativity on display, especially because a lot of up and coming talent got their start in horror because it's one of those that's easy to get your foot into. It's what, cheap to make um, and it almost guarantees a profit. Hmm. Interesting. Cause like everybody think, likes to watch it or. Well, I mean, well, like, like you think about um, like James Cameron got to start doing like cheap horror pictures for Robert, Roger Corman. Um, like, there's a lot of there's a lot of people like that. I mean, you see somebody like like Sam Raimi who makes the Evil Dead for you know like change chump change, but it's mm-hmm. so creative that he finds ways to do it and he puts his own effects together and he does like things with the camera that you wouldn't expect and it's you know it's thrilling not because it's incredibly you know it doesn't maybe doesn't look all that great but like what you can do with a, with you know just like strings in your imagination. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's part of it. Um, seeing great effects artists do put goopy stuff together. Like think about the stuff oh, that they did in true. the fly. It's mm-hmm. like, how do they do that? You know, I think it's really interesting that you can make that po- uh, possible on screen. Yeah. So there's a lot of things there 
And then just the way that if you trace horror movies over the course of the 20th century, you kind of trace um, like national anxieties. What was going on in the world? What were we afraid of? What was, mm. you know, what was on our minds? Uh, you kind of see that in the the move from the like giant monster movies and alien movies of the 50s through to like kind of Vietnam anxiety in the in the 70s. You get more like serial killer movies and stuff like that. Yeah, what then, would you say it is today? Um, and then, well, and then we moved through like, um, you know, 2000s. It was like all the torture and stuff and people were afraid uh, of that. Yeah. I don't, I'm not entirely sure what it is today. There's some alien movies or what, what was the, the get out or not get out, but the, um, you watched it, didn't you? Get out. Yeah. I watched not get out. get out, but it is like, nope. Yeah. That one. Yeah. I mean, I think there's some, maybe, I think now we're seeing anxiety about, maybe certain world structures, the return of um, authoritarianism mm-hmm. or, you know, things in the wake of, uh, of lockdowns, like you've got your post-COVID uh, kind yeah. of things, people dealing with isolation and, uh, uh, and quarantine. So, you know. Isolation I, just bring The Shining bring back. The Shining back. Go. Well, that's one thing I see. I think The Shining is one of those movies that, aside from a couple of things, looks so contemporary. Like, it looks like it could have been made in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have the dating of something that, uh, I don't know, uh, some of the things that date other movies. Um, this, that was a long way of getting around to asking, saying what my favorite subgenre <laughs> yeah. of movie is. Um, I've always loved monster movies. Yeah. So that's like an, that's true. That's like an obvious one. It's, you know, your, your Godzilla's, your, um, your Jurassic Park, Slither, mm-hmm. Jaws, Alien a lot of stuff that has a, a creature in it that's just like hunting you. I like that's an easy go-to for me. Do you have a favorite or do you just like not want to watch them at all? Like if you, if you were going to go to, go to one. One scary movie? Like no, no, one, one type of like type, you know, like what type of, of movie would it be? Obviously not home invasion. Oh, which like what scary movies do I enjoy? Yeah. Um, same question you asked me. Well, I mean, well, I don't like scary movies, mm-hmm. but I, I do like, there's, I mean, Ghostbusters isn't scary. Right. But I like it. Mm-hmm. So maybe like a horror comedy? Yeah. Horror comedy. Or just, I mean, I also like, I like monster movies. I mean, monsters that are like not scary monsters. Sure. I mean, like I enjoyed the Godzilla movies. I can't, I can't think of any other. I just, I don't like, yeah, I don't like Home Invasion. I don't like, I like sci-fi. Yeah. But that's not scary. Yeah. I mean, I have a soft spot for the, uh, the odd mad scientist movie. Like yeah. You know, something in the, in the lineage of a Frankenstein. Yeah. I like the fly. I mean, I like, I like weird things like that, but I don't like. Because it flies science fiction, also body horror. So I, I yeah. like I like sci-fi, yeah. I really like space horror. Oh, like that's that's a, that's a unique subgenre that doesn't have a lot of like aliens. entrance because it's it costs a lot to make. So mm-hmm. you, the average person doesn't just do a space movie. But yeah, Alien obviously is the the, the touchstone there. But mm-hmm. also things like Event Horizon or uh, the Cloverfield Paradox or Life or Europa Report. Um, if, if there's a, oh, um, sunshine, Danny Boyle's sunshine. So anything that kind of like that takes place in space, I have a soft spot for that. Um, some of the movies I just listed aren't all that good, but I can't, you know. I, 
I do. And I, I feel like I saw this and I was like scrolling sometime. Like the um, signs, mm-hmm. whatever signs. I, I love signs. I didn't think that was scary at all, though. I don't understand. Like, I know a lot of people did think it was scary, maybe because aliens. And there's like, there's like that frame of the alien walking in. Yeah, a lot of people really freaked out by that. I don't understand why, though, because I don't remember being afraid of that movie, and I watched it whenever it came out. Hmm. I remember it being creepy in spots. It didn't feel that creepy. It's not primarily horror. It's partially sci-fi and drama as much as it is. Maybe that's why I wasn't scared, because it's, I mean, like the sci-fi stuff, I just, I don't know. Yeah, fair. I mean, I don't generally find aliens to be really terrifying. It depends on how you you take that, but I'm like, I'm not afraid of like the idea of aliens. What about half man, half lamb? (laughs) 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 Do you remember that? Well, do I remember? (laughs) Yeah, I remember that we sat and watched Lamb. The lamb. You know what really gets me though is is when the frogs attack. (gasps) Frogs. Yeah, everyone, go watch frogs. 1972 frogs. All right, we're really getting a, okay, a far yeah. afield here. All right, can, can we? Uh, I mean, it's fun to talk about the horror movies, though. So it, it is. It's, fun so, um, would you, what would you rate The Shining out of five? Wait, let's think of it. Five Tonys. Five Tonys. It's not a bad Tony impression. That's five fingers. Five Tonys. Red rum. Red rum. Okay, you're, you're you're freaking me out. Don't don't show me a mirror. I don't want to see the. Uh, I want to see it flipped around. I'm gonna write it on a mirror tonight. I'm just kidding. That would scare me. I sh- I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Try to prank me. You'll end up getting yourself. Know, yeah. Um, um. Should we rate it at five Tonys? Like like, like the Tony going? Awards. Tonys like the fingers. I, well, I know, but okay. that's really- yeah, I know. I was thinking of Tonys. Um, let's see. Um. Yes. Is there something better? feel like there's something that's there's not a part of a person's that. body, but I... I mean, we could do five sheets of paper. I was thinking about that. <laughs> five. That, uh, are, that were apparently, and this is a, a well-known trivia fact, apparently all typed by hand. Really? Yeah. All those pages she flipped through? Mm-hmm. Who did that? <laughs> I think it was Kubrick's secretary. Oh, that sucks. I'd, right? The worst job. Also, I like when she was flipping through, they weren't just like all the same. It was like some of them like were indented and I know. I wonder some of them like teardrops or different things. Yeah. Oh um, goodness, that was funny. What about uh what about tricycles? Oh, okay. We could do tricycles. Big bikes or still like the Tony's. All right, Tony's go we'll go with it. Five out of out of five Tonys, how many would you give the shining? Um I would give it you know what? Because horror movies are not my thing. I would give it two and a half Tonys. Two and a half Tonys. More like two Tonys and a pinky Tony. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's not too bad for being a horror movie. You said you were engaged all the way through and you mm-hmm. found it interesting. Um, but it didn't, didn't go the rest of the way for I think, you. I think it was good. Like it was, a, it was good to watch it one time, but I don't think I would want to watch it again. Sure. Um. Because it was really slow and long. It's a long movie. But that's why I'm giving it two and a half because it was a good first watch. All right. So I'll, I, I will expect our listeners to, to weigh in and say if they thought this was an acceptable score or if it was better than they thought for, uh, for The Shining. Should I give it three Tonys? I'm not trying to dissuade you. I'm just, I don't I'm know. Simply... It's really hard for me to rate something that is scary. Like I feel like when I give something a good rating, it's like, oh, 
if it gets five, then I loved it. Like would rewatch. Okay. Yeah. So rewatching is part of your criteria. Yeah. So that's why I'm, I'll stick with two and a half. Yeah. Fair enough. What about you? How many Tonys? I almost feel it's disrespectful to give it less than five. Wow. Uh, but I'm feeling a little saucy. So I'm going to give it four. Four Tonys. Four Tonys. It's undoubtedly a great film and it's incredibly well made. Mm. And I think it's interesting. I think it's absorbing. Um, it is, we didn't talk about this, but basically, basically the first, uh, not the first use of Steadicam, but basically the movie that brought Steadicam into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's incredibly, um, you know, innovative and influential uh, on that. However, there's something about it. And this is even perhaps intentional actually, but it keeps me at arm's length a little bit. Um, it's not quite as absorbing to me as some other like top tier uh, films like some of the ones I've already mentioned, like mm-hmm. your, your, your alien, your jaws, uh, your psycho. Um, but I, I give it, I give it four and it's a, it's a strong four, um, for, uh, you know, uh, all the, all of the craft that's on display. Yeah. All right. So we've done it. And, uh, <gasps> so, uh, I expect that all the, all the voters are, are happy except for the ones that voted for Halloween, but thank you voters. I really did consider watching Halloween. I was saying we could watch, but you know what? After talking this through, I got a little creeped out talking about it again. And I don't want to watch another scary movie. Until next year. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I mean, hey, you know what? Our next one, we're going to talk about the, the Golden Bass one. That might be even scarier. Oh, the Golden It's <laughs> true. Are we going to do a whole podcast on the Golden Bachelor? I've decided you told me uh, we didn't have to watch more than the one episode. So I'm not sure if that's enough material for a whole pod. Would you watch another one? Would it's you only watch two out right now? Would you watch a whole season? It's tough. It's tough. We don't really have that much time to spare. I know. It I can't spend like it a lot. watching old people. I watch old people at work anyway. Well, I maybe, don't watch them. Maybe we can, uh, maybe we'll figure out an, an episode that we can work it into as like a All right. an aspect. We'll see. Stay tuned, everybody. I wanted to bring back our segment, The Nightstand. This is uh, a part of the show where we can talk about anything that we might be watching or reading that it, you know, we're not doing the, a full episode on it, but we just wanted to maybe uh, share with, with the listeners. Uh, Amanda, what's on your nightstand? Well, I don't have a ton of time to have anything on my nightstand. But, um, sure, you have a lot on your plate with... Uh, being a mom and the such baby. Um, but I did see that there's new episodes of new Amsterdam, which I need to get on and watch that. Um, they're just sitting there waiting for you. Yeah. Just waiting for me. Just have to find the time to do it. Um, but I have been trying to finish up, uh, the new episodes. Well, I guess they're not super new now, but of outlander. Of course. Um, but you know what? I'm kind of disappointed to say that, as the seasons go on, I'm not as into it because Jamie and Claire are old. Uh-oh. They're getting old. And, like, the most exciting thing about it was their love story. And it's like, we know that it's strong, but, like, what else can they throw at us, you know? I don't know. I heard some of it the other night through the through the office door, and it seemed very serious. I mean, it is serious, but it's not as, like, I don't know. I feel like they've just been through so many things. And I'm like, they don't have any more. Like I could, and this is sad for me to say, but like I could be okay if they would just like 
wrap it up a little bit. I mean, sometimes these things have to end. You can't drag it out indefinitely because it's just like you said, they go through so many things and like how many can they go through? Yeah, they literally withstood the test of time, literally. But anyway, so that's what's going on. I need to watch. I need to watch New Amsterdam. Anyway, what's on your nightstand? So I've been trying to do another kind of horror marathon, as I like I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I do these, I try to go in chronological order so that I can go back and scoop up some of the old old history mm-hmm. of horror. Uh, you may recall we watched a few years ago Dr. Caligari, um, and we went and saw it at the Alamo with a with a live accompaniment. Was that the that was the silent one? Yeah, yeah, the silent movie. That was really cool. It was it was cool. So uh, this year I picked up another silent one from 1921. It's called The Phantom Carriage, mm-hmm. and. Uh, oh, it's funny. I didn't hear you watch it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Did have musical accompaniment. <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, but th- so uh, this, this there's a there's a restoration from Criterion with a new score for this, and I wanted to mention it on this episode because again, 1921. There's a very direct connection with The Shining. Oh. Um, and Interesting. so this is this is a Swedish uh, uh, kind of melodrama film, really more than horror, but it has a horror element. And the the idea of it is that uh, if you are the last person to die on New Year's Eve, then you have to become Death's driver, and you drive around the Grim Reaper, and he goes around like like t- taking people's souls and stuff. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of what it's about. It ends up being more of a drama about this guy. Actually, again, kind of similar to The Shining. He's kind of a uh, he's kind of a loser uh, and a drunk. Mm. And um, the driver so, is uh, well, the main character is, okay. and it actually becomes more like a Charles Dickens kind of story where he has to basically he's like screwed. Like he has to you know learn to like sort his life out and become a better person. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a scene in this that call that calls forward directly to what Kubrick would do in 1980, where the main character breaks down the door with an ax to get to his family. And uh, again, it is again the year of it. 1921 is the year on the placard at the end of the shining. So a couple of interesting connections there between the two films, very good movie, actually. Um, I thought quite emotionally involving. Uh, So So I would like it basically is what you're saying. uh, You might. So if if you can you know if you can weather a, a silent movie, um, I recommend people check it out. Cool. Well, that's neat. Mm-hmm. That's cool that it um, tied into our our movie watch. You know, even though I'm someone who will will champion viewing movies from different eras of history, I admit that sometimes when I'm getting ready to try to watch a silent movie, I'm like. Am I going to fall asleep through this? Like, this is going to be. But, yeah, but Jeevan was falling asleep. But a it, lot of it. Wait, which, what did we? Oh, you know what? You know what we did watch recently? Soylent Green. I was going to say, I don't know what it was because apparently to, I fell asleep through it. I was trying to remember it. Yeah, yeah, Soylent Green. You did fall asleep. I think we tried like a few times. Dude, that wasn't really the movie's fault. Because uh, you were tired. I was tired. Okay. But also the movie was whatever. My patient suggested that I watch it basically because she was talking about how she doesn't like the food. And I'm like, it's it's actually pretty good. But she's like, Soylent Green. I guess I shouldn't give it away. It's people. Just kidding. Everybody knows. Probably 
probably the biggest differential in history that I can think of, of everyone knowing one thing about a movie and not knowing anything else about it. Is this Soylent Green? Yeah, like people. everybody knows Soylent Green is people, but I don't think anybody else knows anything about that film. I mean, they don't really need to know anything else. Don't watch it. It's lame. I don't know why she suggested it. It's nostalgia, probably. I mean, I feel like I had, I probably watched it before, but maybe it was just so whatever that I blocked it out of my memory. I don't know. I'm becoming my parents where I'm like, I haven't seen this before. Halfway through, oh, I have watched this. <laughs> Sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I guess that wraps it up. Yeah. So thank you all for listening. Thanks for the suggestions. Thanks for trying to get me to watch scary movies, everyone. Yeah, write in and tell us what you want Amanda to watch next. Ah! (laughs) Maybe a Thanksgiving movie. Oh, yeah, we could do a Thanksgiving movie. What do you guys think? That's kind of a a, a, a niche, isn't it? Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. You've seen that, that, right? I have, yeah. Okay. There's not that many of those compared to Christmas movies or or like Halloween movies. Yeah. What would you... What would you categorize the nightmare before Christmas, Halloween or Christmas. Have we, have we talked about this? I mean, it's both obviously. No, if you had to choose one, would you say more Halloween or more Christmas? Probably Christmas actually. I, I kind of feel the same way. Yeah. I think it ends up being more of a Christmas style, like morality tale versus Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Okay. Anyway, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, Well, thanks for listening. Uh, Like I said, where you can always uh, give us any feedback at, uh, podcast at scenesfromamarriage.com or hit us up on Instagram at scenesfromamarriage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Rad, rad.